everybody. Welcome to a Monday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. It is August the 23rd. I am Bruce Hooley. Glad to be with you. And apologies for no podcast on Friday. Crazy week. Crazy week in the Hooley family. Details in the faith portion of the podcast to follow. Um, but Friday just didn't get much. Uh, didn't have the time in the morning to do it. And was scrambling the rest of the day to get everything done, and so um, I'll explain more fully later on. Let's get to C.J. Stroud. He's your starting quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes. No surprise here. C.J. Stroud looked good in the spring. He's been in the program two years. He will put up big numbers this year. He has incredible talent around him, everything you'd want as a quarterback. Good offensive line? Check. Lots of experience coming back. Lots of five-star recruits. Uh, Wide receivers? Double check, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Emeka Egbuka, Marvin Harrison Jr., on and on and on and on. Lots and lots and lots of receivers. Running backs, how we looking there? Mayan Williams, Master Teague, Travion Henderson. Check, tight end, Jeremy Ruckert. Yes, good coach, decent play caller. Yeah, I think Ryan Day can check that box, like boldly fill it in. Not one vestige of white space left in that box. So, yes, C.J. Stroud has all the tools around him, and C.J. Stroud has all the tools. Um, apparently, over the weekend, some former NFL Pro Bowl wide receiver said C.J. Stroud, who he has worked out with, throws the ball better than some guys who are in the NFL, which, you know, looking at the some of the backups that I see in the NFL, I'm not shocked by that. So, yes, he will have a big year. And I think this is kudos to Ryan Day, by the way, on doing this. Why why keep this in suspense? Why not express full confidence in C.J. Stroud? And why not cut off speculation that, hey, maybe Quinn Ewers will start after getting to campus last week? This is the antithesis, the opposite of what Ohio State has done over the years with quarterbacks. And I've told you guys many times that quarterback controversies at Ohio State, I think, have cost them probably a national championship or two. Did it cost them one in 2015 when Cardale Jones and JT Barrett were yo-yoed in and out? Maybe. Did it cost them one in 1996 with Joe Germain and Stanley Jackson? Maybe. So I think that this is a great move by Ryan Day to commit to a quarterback early. I know everybody's like, oh, Jack Miller, oh, Kyle McCord, oh, don't forget about Ewers, oh, what about, what What if they leave, what if they this, what if they that? Yeah, well, what if you kill the confidence of all of them by juggling them in and out when they make a mistake? So I see this to be a brilliant move by Ryan Day. And I think it's a move that will pay off big time for him down the road because C.J. Stroud is going to throw 30-plus touchdown passes, and eh, he'll throw a few interceptions. Will they lose any games because of C.J. Stroud's mistakes? No. I think if they lose any games, it'll be because their defense has question marks and gets lit up, and maybe uh, they have a day where guys fumble the ball and stuff like that. I don't picture C.J. Stroud as being a guy who's going to throw five interceptions in a game because they have too good of an offensive line, too good of running backs 
to continue to chuck it around. And I can't envision their defense being so bad that they give up 40 points and they have to get in a shootout with somebody. So I think Ohio State is well-positioned. They'll dominate at Minnesota a week from Thursday, whether Goldie the Gopher wears all black uniforms or not. Uh, I just think they're going to be untouched in the Big Ten. They'll be in the playoff. Bama will be in the playoff. Clemson will be in the playoff. And there's one spot open for somebody else, probably Oklahoma. So uh, that's where we are. And uh, college football has a problem in that it has – three teams that have elevated themselves above everybody else, and it's starting to get the feel of a Cavs-Warriors thing where four consecutive seasons, you know exactly who's going to be in the NBA Finals when the preseason starts. That's where we are in college football. So, But that's not Ohio State's problem, Clemson's problem, or Alabama's problem. That's everybody else's problem is to come up to their level. It's not the fault of those three that they have risen to that level. Likewise, it is not. Anything that you should uh, stress about that Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee has risen to a level above others in terms of taste, in terms of variety, in terms of uh, variety, not just in taste, but in would you like it whole bean? Would you like it light, medium or dark roast? Would you like it in K-cups? Would you like it ground already? Well, you can get it all any way you like it, any kind of flavor, caffeinated, non-caffeinated, super caffeinated. That's your Jamaica Me Crazy, I think, or Java Blues, one of the two. Perfect blend for the morning. Hunter's Blend, House Blend, the favorite coffee of the We Tackle Life podcast. And I might add of We Tackle Life podcast listeners, because many of you have become loyal, repeat customers of Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, and we are very happy about that. And I presume they are very happy about that. So... Save 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. And oh, by the way, I left out the best part of the Hemisphere story, which is they buy their coffee from growers around the world. Nicaragua, Thailand, Ethiopia, Indonesia, and those growers then do great things with that money, bolstering their local economies and investing in ministry efforts in those local economies. So. You're doing great things for other people. We're all heartbroken by the pictures we see out of Afghanistan. Hopefully we understand when we see that, that despite all the protestations otherwise, we have a wonderful, blessed life here in America. And I think it's awesome that the people from Hemisphere share their love of coffee, their love of people, their love of ministry with others around the world to try to make their world better. So kudos to Paul, Grace, Andy, and the Hemisphere team. Kudos to you for ordering from HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com with the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps to save 15% off. Browns played yesterday, preseason, New York Giants. The NFL preseason now is three games, and we've gotten to the point where very few veterans on about half the teams play very much. Still haven't seen Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield, uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, NFL preseason, I guess now we're trending. It used to be, you know, you'd see the starters in the first series of the first game. Then you'd see them in the first quarter of the second game. Then you'd see them for a half of the third game. Then you wouldn't see them in the fourth game. Now that we have a three-game preseason and a 17-game regular season, it looks like we're not going to see any regulars for the first two weeks, maybe never, 
And the third week, we're going to see him, I don't know how long. I presume the Browns will throw uh, Mayfield out there to get some snaps in the third game. Maybe not. Maybe they'll just save him. I think you'll see some rustiness on September the 12th in the season openers. But the Browns are clearly more talented than they have been at any time in the recent past, any time going back to their three straight AFC championship appearances era in the 80s. So, um, yeah, I, I look, I look forward to the start of the regular season. The preseason tells me nothing. I'm not fascinated by Case Keenum or Kyle Lawletta or, uh, any of the other guys that they're trying to tell me I need to be fascinated about, because I know they're going to be end of the roster guys. That's okay. They're important, but they're not like main guys. Bengals. That's a little different with the Bengals because they're playing more regulars. They're not playing Joe Burrow, but they're playing more regulars because they got spots open, trying to rebuild a defense, trying to find out on offense, you know, a little bit of a new, they got to build an offensive line. Uh, They got to get things done without Gio Bernard, who's been a mainstay for them for a long time. They got to get some snaps for Jamar Chase, their first round pick. Uh, By the way, man, stop dropping the ball, Jamar Chase. Uh, The hope is that when Joe Burrow does return, Jamar Chase will have kind of a simpatico thing from their LSU days, and he'll stop dropping the football. But right now, you got to wonder, like, holy smokes, is John Ross rubbing off on Jamar Chase? Because he doesn't look very good so far. The offensive line, by the way, though, looks pretty good. Didn't give up any sacks against the Redskins. Um, Shockingly, well, not shockingly, I guess, uh, the Bengals appear to have found a solid guard and a solid tackle in former Buckeye Michael Jenkins and Cincinnati native Clemson Tiger and presumably overdrafted Jackson Carmen. But Jackson Carmen is playing well. He graded out the third best of their defensive linemen against the Redskins, and the Redskins are no slouch up front. So uh Maybe the Bengals have figured some things out. Larry Ogunjobi, the former Brown, looks good on the defensive line. They look like they're pretty hungry on the defensive side. They still have to get Jesse Bates signed. You got to do that. Uh, but otherwise, you know, they they look pretty impressive to me. Uh, but it's preseason, so they're playing against who knows who. Um, but the Bengals, you know, they'll be better. But I still think they'll be the fourth best team, which is to say the worst team in the AFC North. Uh, it's all. It's all on Joe Burrow. He scored three points with Brandon Allen, a quarterback. Not a shock. Uh, but Joe Burrow's got to make it go, and he will. I think he will make it go. The only thing with Burrow, as I've said this before, is he going to get comfortable with guys diving around his ankles because that is the big mental hurdle for every returning quarterback from an ACL injury. Okay. Remember my friends at Willis Spangler Starling, my attorney firm of choice. They are awesome people. They are equipped to help you in any aspect of the law, whether it is wills, estate planning, probate, personal injury, employment law, social security, disability. Those eat up the lion's share of cases. And those are the ones that most people experience. So when you're looking for an attorney to represent you with integrity and character, you will not find a better firm with more wide-ranging expertise, more sterling character and integrity than Willis Spangler Starling. They're located on Truman Boulevard in Hill, just north of the Mill Run area, expanding, growing, 
because they're serving Hilliard, Central Ohio, and We Tackle Life. Listeners, they will offer you a free consultation if you mention the podcast. And they do take some cases on contingency. So in that consultation, I would ask them about that and see if they will take your case on contingency. Willis Spangler Starling online at willisattorneys.com. That's W-I-L-L-I-S. Attorneys, A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y-S. Willisattorneys.com. Now, here is a weird thing that I don't understand, but I am hesitant to say it won't work because of the people who've invested in it. Like when Jeff Bezos invests in something, it seems pretty silly to me to question the Amazon founder and owner of the Washington Post. I question his politics, but I can't question his uh, savvy, uh, his rocket man, Jeff Bezos, cowboy man, space cowboy man. Uh, to say, oh, what are you pouring your money into this for? This isn't going to go anywhere. Jeff Bezos is pouring money as a major investor into an entity called Overtime Elite. Have you heard about Overtime Elite? Well, I guarantee you Chris Holtman, the Ohio State basketball coach, and every other college basketball coach of an elite program has heard about Overtime Elite because Overtime Elite, as if... Holtman and the rest of his cohorts did not have enough to worry about with name, image, and likeness and free agency in college basketball, college sports, immediate eligibility transfer waiver once during a career. Into that new era, parachutes, overtime elite, which is supported by Jeff Bezos, Kevin Durant, Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks, and others. An overtime elite is a professional endeavor, basketball endeavor, for incoming college, excuse me, excuse me, incoming high school juniors and seniors. They're going to pay lots of money to 24 elite recruits entering their junior or senior year Sign them to one- or two-year contracts for upwards of in excess of $1 million a year and allow these kids to be professionals before they can be professionals on the NBA under NBA rules. So you can't go to the NBA until your high school class graduates or a year after your class graduates or whatever the rule is. Now, if, even if your high school state association, like Ohio, does not allow you to make money off your name, image, and likeness, oh, look, I'll just go sign with Overtime Elite. They would have come after Jared Sullinger back in the day. They would have come after probably B.J. Mullins back in the day, maybe Costa Kufus back in the day. So now uh, they're coming after the elite players, and you say, well, that'll take a bite out of Duke, and that'll take a bite out of Kentucky. Holtman doesn't recruit those kinds of guys. Well, now he is recruiting those kinds of guys, and Ohio State's 2023 recruiting class is far and away the number one recruiting class in the country, and it includes a four-star forward from Florida named Tyler Smith. And Tyler Smith, uh, no, excuse me, it's not Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith is the latest uh, overtime elite signee. The Ohio State guy that they're after is a four-star recruit from Florida named Dylan Mitchell. Dylan Mitchell's rated the number 36 overall player in the country, number eight small forward in the 2022 class. So they would offer him and, you know, 
he wouldn't he wouldn't ever play at Ohio State. He would, you know, go play for these guys for a year and then that'd be it. Now we still have, and I'm hoping they keep their grubby little overtime elite hands off Bruce Thornton, the point guard that Ohio State has signed, who's gonna wow you big time. But I, I don't know how they make any money off Overtime Elite. I don't get it. It'll have to be through sponsorships because, as I've said before, these kids' name, image, and likeness is valuable because of the fact that they marry themselves to Ohio State's name, image, and likeness or Kentucky's or Duke's. It's not valuable because they're a standalone brand. They're not a standalone brand. They're, they're a, they become a standalone brand because, oh, I'm a Buckeye fan and I want to drink holy kombucha because... Chase uh, uh, Quinn Ewers drinks it, or I'm a I want to drive a black Silverado pickup from Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet because Jack Sawyer drives it. And what's the alluring part of those partnerships is the Ohio State part, uh, married to the Quinn Ewers or Jack Sawyer part. So, Overtime Elite wants to sign 24 guys. They're going to split them into three teams. They're going to play uh, all over uh, the country. Even overseas, they're going to train, play basketball all the time. Um, so this is a this is a threat to Ohio State's uh, signing class uh, incoming, and um, you know so that's where we are with overtime elite. Just keep your eye on it. When you hear about it, people say, "Hmm, what's that? Never heard of it." Now you've heard of it. Now you know that it is nefarious and awful and terrible. If it's going to cost us. Uh, a great player like Dylan Mitchell. Okay. Uh, remember my friends at auinfo.com. I never forget them because I'm a friend of businesses. I could not um, do what I do here on this podcast, on my radio show, The Bruce Hooley Show, on 9890answer.com if I didn't have sponsors. And those sponsors are businesses, and those businesses have to stay in business, and that's what auinfo.com does. It helps businesses stay in business by providing them wise counsel on all kinds of things related to their benefits for their employees, their health insurance, things of that nature. They also help with HR training and HR enlightenment and and complying with state regulations. So if you have a business and you think, well, I'm not really a business, it's just me and another person, that's a business. Twenty, uh, Just a little under 20 people work for auiinfo.com, so they're a small business. They understand small business. Small business is considered anything with 50 employees or less, including two. So they will help you as an individual sort out your health insurance, but primarily they carry, uh, they cater to businesses. So if you're an individual in need of a health insurance plan, if you're a business trying to offer benefits and want to get more for your money because you want to partner with other businesses and buy as a unit, a big unit as compared to a small you know, two-person business, auiinfo.com can help you do that. And they will give you all of their counsel, all of their expertise, all of their guidance free because lots and lots and lots of companies want to do business with you. AUI connects you, and that is how they get paid, by that company, not by you. So it's a free service, and you think, oh, it's only free once or it's only free twice. It's free forever, but the expertise is just invaluable. So do what you need to do. Save yourself time. Don't research all this garbage yourself. AUINFO.com has the answers to copays, doctors, plans, costs, all of that at its disposal. 
Go to their website, type in your questions in their chat, get your answers, and move forward at auiinfo.com. That's auiinfo.com. Today in the faith portion of the podcast, I want to bring a little more enlightenment to some, um, oh, I don't know. I think I was a little bit uh, mysterious last week when I talked about last week being a challenging week. So here's the deal. And I don't purport to have all the answers to this. Um, here's a statement I've made on this show many times, crediting my friend Jason, who years ago said, life is lived forward, it's understood in reverse. Sometimes it's never understood, and that's the truth, and that's kind of where I am right now. A week ago today, my wife and one of my children uh, began treatments to hopefully eradicate or dramatically mitigate the impacts of Lyme disease. Uh, My wife has had Lyme disease for the entirety of our marriage, It was um, undiagnosed for many years, despite our uh, (laughs) efforts to have doctors diagnose it. Lyme disease is hard to diagnose, and there's a bunch of goofy things going on with the CDC and Lyme disease and whether they acknowledge it or whether they think it can be passed through the umbilical cord to a child. But they suffer, my daughter and my wife, with Lyme disease. And so we became aware um, of a treatment regimen and a protocol that had exhibited very promising results um, and would require uh, on-site treatment for a solid week. So we became aware of this through a very random conversation that I had with a very dear friend of mine, someone who has invested in my life, someone who has raised my capacity, someone who has instructed me in leadership. He's a Christian brother. I trust him implicitly. I know his heart. I know he has nothing but good intentions for me. He put me in touch with another gentleman who I feel the exact same way about, a transformative leader in my life, a heartfelt, compassionate man who had himself suffered with Lyme disease for much of his life, and who had gotten dramatic results with this treatment. We had purposed to pursue another avenue of treatment that we did not feel had the same endorsement and personal experience of these two gentlemen who I trust implicitly. And so we felt like God had opened that door for us. And we felt like God was saying, this is the door I want you to enter. I'm over here. You're going to pursue an avenue that you arrived at on your own. And um, this is where I want you, over here. It was a step of faith for us. It was a sacrifice uh, of resources, of time. It coincided the availability of the treatment with the change in time slot of my radio show, which we also saw as God (laughs) waving his arms saying, hey, I rearranged Bruce's schedule so that he can be Mr. Mom and Mr. Dad for a week and he can get your other two daughters to their new school and get them through their new schedule, balancing his new work commitment. And I've worked all this out 
watch, see how I work. Bruce is off work now six hours earlier than he used to be. He can now take you guys to school. He can now pick you up after school. Their two schedules that particular week, my other two children's schedules, it was remarkable in that they never conflicted. I was busy. I was always driving. I was always, (laughs) I had no spare time. But I could get one where she needed to go and the other where she needed to go. And both of them made sacrifices that week. My daughter, who was undergoing treatment, had a previous commitment that she scheduled, which was required her to be a certain place every morning. Obviously, if she was out of town getting treated, she couldn't honor that commitment, and we were not going to go back on that commitment. Well, my other daughter stepped into the breach and fulfilled that commitment for my daughter getting treatment. So it was really like, wow. Um, Originally, like, you know, you have three drivers in the family. Two now want to be out of town getting treated. There's no way just one driver working a job, and there's no way he can do it, but he could do it, and God made it happen. And So we were absolutely convinced this was of God. And you know what? We remain convinced it was of God. Now would be the time of the podcast where I would love to tell you that my wife and daughter went out of town, they were treated, and they returned home renewed, rejuvenated, totally healed. Wouldn't that be a great story? Here's the fact of where we are on the morning of August the 23rd. My wife and daughter are home safely. Thank you, Lord. They met a wonderful man who treated them. All the aspects of the treatment progressed exactly as we were told they would on a daily basis. And we got to the end of the treatment, and my wife and daughter are currently experiencing no discernible difference in their side effects of Lyme disease. And that's disappointing, and that is um, mystifying, (laughs) because you try to keep hope at arm's length so that you don't get your hopes crushed if You don't get the result you want, but you still hope (laughs) and you still uh, envision a total healing. And when you don't get, at this point, even a partial or minimal healing, you have many questions. Why? Did we misread the signals, Lord? Was this not something you were in? Well, that's not where we are. <laughs> we trust, trust Ed, and continue to trust the people who directed us to this through very random conversations that we felt then and still think God put in our life for a reason. We just don't know what the reason is. We uh, acknowledge that, all along we acknowledge that if this healing were going to take place, it would be God doing the healing through prayer of our Sunday school class, our close friends, our family, that the prayers would be the healing, not the treatment. The treatment would be the avenue through which God chose to apply the healing. And so we didn't get the healing yet. And um, 
where are we with that? Where we are with that is that we understand that sometimes we are called to do things by faith, and we don't know what God's purpose is in it. We can envision a purpose. Oh, we're going to go out of town, and we're going to sacrifice for a week, and we're going to be busier than a one-armed paper hanger, and we're going to be exhausted, and they're going to come home healed. That's the purpose we envision. That is not the purpose that, as of now, God envisioned. And so, that's okay. It's okay. Because here's what doesn't change. Their Lyme disease didn't change. God's love doesn't change either. He still loves us. We know he loves us. He sent his son to die for us. We were asked to walk through a door, and we walked through it. And if that's the only thing we get out of it, that's okay. Because sometimes you get an answer why. Life's lived forward, understood in reverse. We might understand it in reverse. We might not ever understand it. So let me share with you a story that I remember from years ago when I first rededicated my life to Christ. It's, a, it's an allegory. It's not a real story. It didn't really happen. It's a, it's a story told for a purpose. In this story, in this mythical story, there's a man who is um, living inside a cabin. And in front of the door of the cabin is a huge rock. And he asks God, I want to get out of here. Help me get out of here. And God says, well, push on the rock. And so the man pushes on the rock. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, he pushes on the rock. And the rock never budges. And finally, the man cries out to God in exasperation and says, I'm done with this. I have tried to move this rock for years, and it doesn't move. And I've wasted all my time. God's response to the man is, I asked you to push on the rock. I didn't ask you to move it. You think you've wasted all these years? Here's what I see. Your muscles are now bigger and stronger. Your will has been established. You've become a person with great resolve and determination. You've arrived at the point by developing your will, your determination, and your muscles where now you are useful to me in other ways. And so now I will move the rock. He thought he was called to move the rock. The man did. He was called to push on the rock. We thought perhaps we were called to invest in this treatment, to get our to get our life back health-wise. <laughs> That's not right now what we were asked to do, even though that is what we hope we were asked to do. <laughs> it's a question of faith. It's a question of obedience, and I don't tell you that to hold us up as some kind of great example. I'm saying it to comfort you, to deepen your resolve, to maybe widen your perspective on something you've been asking for in your life that hasn't happened yet. It may never happen. 
but know that your determination and your obedience and your faith is pleasing to God. It is pleasing to God. You may not get the result you want, but by being faithful, by being determined, by following through on what he puts in front of you, you are producing the result that he wants. And ultimately, isn't that what we want to do, to thank him for what his son did for us at the cross? Maybe my wife and daughter went out of town for a week so that I could come to that realization, so that I could share it with you. And one of the many of you listening may get what you need in this moment to see a frustrating thing in your life in a different perspective. And I may never learn of that, but that may be why God had us do this. I don't know. I hope. I hope so. Not that I want you to be experiencing frustration, but I just hope you guys can, A, pray for my wife and daughter. I'd love that. I'd really appreciate that. And uh, B, let me know what you think of my content, review the podcast. Let me know how I can pray for you. Have a great day. Thank you.